Jay Oram is an email coder and interactive email specialist at Action Rocket. He spends his time working on interactive email and also creating modular templates for a variety of ESPs and email tools. He's also a certified Salesforce marketing email specialist, an expert in making email design systems for Taxi for Email, and is one of our resident email geeks. In this episode, we're talking about dark mode. What is it? How does it work? And also, what do email marketers need to do about it? This is Email Talk, the podcast for email geeks by email geeks about how to be a better email geek. I'm Elliot Ross from Action Rocket and Taxi for Email, and I'm your host. So, Jay, uh, welcome to Email Talk. Thanks for having me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, we'll, we'll kick off by doing a, a two truths and a lie about you um, and get to know you a bit. And then um, we'll come back at the end and talk about which of the three is a lie. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, tell us three things about you that we maybe don't know. Okay, so uh, first one, um, I work part-time as a canoeing guide, like an open canoe guide. Okay. Uh, second one, I can juggle with fire juggling clubs. Mm-hmm. Juggle those. And um, I've been coding emails for more than five years. Ah, okay. I feel like juggling club, fire clubs and coding emails have got some similarities. Yeah, lots of things in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. That's interesting. So I know I know one of them is true, but I don't know about the other one. Maybe <laughs> check your CV, I'm not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, cool. Um so we'll uh, we'll check that in the end. Um one thing that is super interesting about email geeks is how they ended up doing um doing email, right? And uh yeah, yeah so of those three maybe your your former career as a canoeing guide or a um a fire juggler um how did you get um ending up in yeah doing doing email at well at action rocket as a, <laughs> yeah well, i guess uh, it would give you a bit of a clue um but i went to uni to do um outdoor leadership so i okay. actually learned to do like canoeing and climbing and stuff like that oh, cool. and then when i left uni i did that for a little while and mm. um, worked all over the place uh, a few different places across the world and stuff like that really mm. enjoyed it uh, but one very cold winter while I was kind of doing stuff I thought maybe I want a job inside uh, <laughs> and a friend offered me a job uh, just packing boxes at an outdoor company an e- e-commerce company making outdoor gear okay uh, so I went along and started there and then five years later I was still there and I became their digital marketing manager so I kind of worked across all channels and uh did a bit of everything but didn't really do email apart from kind of just open MailChimp and use the templates that are in there. Um, and then I kind of went to a few different digital marketing jobs across a few different brands, getting bigger brands and stuff like that. And then finally got interested in trying to make sort of loads of cool emails but realised that my ones weren't quite reaching the same potential. So I decided I'd look into it a bit more. Um, and pretty soon after looking into it, I found the Email Geek Slack group and then you actually posted in there and said Action Rocket might be looking to, or Taxi might be looking to expand mm. um, and to just send you a private message. So I did, and I said, I'm pretty new. I don't know what I'm doing, but I've got started, and here's my background in marketing. And then you invited me in for an interview, and that was it, really. <laughs> and then I, I started as a junior email coder, um, and I just about coded a simple responsive layout for the interview. Um and then, yeah, with all the support from uh, India and Lexi and the whole team at Action Rocket and Taxi, 
um, yeah, I'm now obviously the, one of the email coders and an interactive email specialist at Action Rocket. So, yeah, a bit of a yeah. long-winded way of getting into it. But, yeah, <laughs> okay, I got into it eventually. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm always interested to see how people ended up ended up doing email because it's a uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you kind of you kind of fall into it, but also you you get interested along the way, right? Yeah, it was kind of um, it's sort of like a little rabbit hole, isn't it? Because mm. you um, like I said, I was using just like simple out of the box templates that were very blocky and gritty kind of thing and and then saw other people doing different things and then started searching it found the email geek slack group and the whole web of people talking about how email could be done differently and then that was it i was hooked um, and trying to solve all those problems is kind of the thing that i enjoy about email so um it wasn't as easy as just finding a thread on stack overflow or finding a bit of code that someone else has done because a lot of the time um there's no documentation and there's nothing as you know there's no yeah. guidance and a lot of the things we try and do no one maybe has done before in that way so it's a kind of just figuring things out as we go and that's the that's definitely the thing I quite enjoy about it yeah it's definitely one of those channels where like yeah like you said sort of came to it not knowing much and I think there's um like <laughs> we've been in, in it quite a long time now and there's still stuff we don't know right it's something that yeah. you never know all of it <laughs> Um, no, no, constantly always... asking questions. But then also there's loads of people who do have some answers to help, so that's quite cool. <laughs> yeah, totally, and it's, it's a great community for that, more so than, yeah, like Stack Overflow. Um, it kind of shows a bit like where web coding is at the moment. Obviously, there's there's some great helpful people, but also by the sort of third or fourth comment on Stack Overflow, it sort of devolves into opinion and, oh, mm -hmm. are you even a developer if you don't know this and all this kind of stuff? So, yeah, the email yeah. community is really good for <laughs> avoiding that stuff. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. Um, so what I want to talk to you about, um, and yeah, it's, it's really from what you've been looking at a lot at, at Action Rocket really is, is um, dark mode for email because it's, um, I always get a bit sort of frustrated when people say like, this year is the year of mobile. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, people have been saying that since sort of 2011, but it, it feels like we're coming up to the year of dark mode. If we want to make that a thing, we probably don't want to. But mm -hmm. it's something that's come in over the last probably what two years, year or so. It's been on the horizon, and it's really something that is it's live now. People are adopting it, um, and yeah, we're we're kind of in this place now. So, um, I guess let's let's start off by saying like, what is it? What <laughs> What is dark mode? How do you get it? Yeah, yeah. So um, dark mode was, I guess it was kind of the default for original computers when you had that black screen mm. with the green text. Um, and true. then uh, that was kind of dark mode was the default because that was all they could do. Um, but recently it's kind of swapping the bright white background with black text that you see on a lot of websites to inverting that to a black background with white text. And there were well, the the first kind of people to do it were actually reader apps uh, so if you read stories or had like an rss feed or something like that they kind of swapped and said if if you're reading in a bedroom at night or uh, like your amazon kindle or something like that where it's easier to read that text if it's white text on a black background so that actually started a little quite a while ago um that reader apps were doing it and okay, then yeah. only in the last couple of years operating systems have kind of caught on to this and First off, they gave you the option of kind of doing it all the time um, or at set time. So maybe if you're working at night time, it would switch to dark mode. Um, and then more people kind of started to actually just to prefer it all the time. And 
there's been various scientific studies of whether it's better for your eyes, worse for your eyes, if um, if it helps or if it doesn't help when you're reading lots of things, especially uh, as a coder, because I look at lots of lines of just text. Does it help me read it better throughout the day? That kind of stuff. And overall, it kind of says that science has told us that if you're looking at dark mode in a dark room, it's easier, but it will strain your eyes if you just do it all the time. Um, and it kind of became a bit of a, a fad thing that a lot of email developers or just developers in general prefer dark mode. Um, and then in the last 18 months, Apple came out of it and um, basically said all of your apps have to now be uh, have to work in dark mode. So if you built an app that worked on the Apple operating system, if you didn't set your dark mode set, uh, styles, they would just automatically switch it because they decided that that was going to be the thing. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then that was it really. Everyone had to make it. And then all the apps started to do dark mode versions. And then Android uh, also did the same thing to support dark mode. So it kind of has grown in popularity, like you said, in the last kind of 18 months to two years. Um, but really all it is is making making the screen darker and kind of making the text lighter. So it's kind of swapping the, the white background with the black text to a black background to a light, lighter text. That's all dark mode really is. Um, and, yeah, email clients have started to do it as well, which is why we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I didn't realise that Apple are kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to email client support and things in a sec, but what one of the things spoiler alert is is if you don't do it some some email clients will try and make their own sort of ham-fisted mm-hmm. um version of it yeah um a bit like blackberries used to used to do 10 years ago they'd sort of do like a mobile version um without you asking them to and uh <laughs> yeah so i didn't realize that was going on in in the app world as well that's uh, uh definitely a, a bit of a uh you know, a, a good motivator to do it properly. Um, yeah. I imagine support is probably a bit nicer when you're coding an app, but I'm sure there's still some pitfalls. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that it's it's really got its roots in, I guess, accessibility, right? Like the idea that it um, that it's to help people who have sort of either visual challenges or, or, or something like that. But also, I remember years ago the first kind of emails that we were doing and at the time we ended up doing a sort of html like a separate hosted version that was the accessible version i suppose mm-hmm. um but around sort of 2011ish i think we did some stuff that was um it was for uh i think it was dyslexia um maybe it was an, a, another vision thing but anyway the, the point was we ended up doing doing an email in the kind of standard brand and then there was a hosted link version that was black with i think yellow text mm-hmm. and i guess that was a sort of early early version of what 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 dark mode has become right like a an yeah, alternate version on, yeah working on that contrast between the text and the background is kind of where it's come from mm-hmm. um, and yeah like uh, dyslexia or uh, other visions uh, like things like that they they work better if there's a higher contrast so with the kind of wcag the web working group for accessibility they say that um for the highest accessibility you should have a contrast of seven to one Mm. so that's quite a high contrast and we know that outlook uh, when it's doing dark mode is kind of looking for a base level of 4.5 which is the double a level of accessibility so it's kind of based on starting with accessibility um and then yeah just making it more accessible yeah 
while you're here and why you mentioned that, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so there's there's three levels of accessibility. Right? We, we talked a lot about accessibility with, with Paul Levy on the, the the one of the previous episodes, but um, there's there's three levels for mm-hmm. at least the WCAG stuff, and it's so there's A, AA, and AAA. Um, which order is it? Is it the is AAA really good or is it? Yeah, yeah. AAA is the best. So okay. A A is like the first level, and that's uh, most of the time that's just providing an alternative. So, like mm. you said back in 2011 when you were doing it, um, you had the version you sent to everyone, and then you probably had a link that said go to this for yeah. better accessible. That's the first level A, and um, and then yeah, it gets slightly better and better until AAA, where the contrast is 7.1. Everything's semantic. Um, there's no kind of there's no text in images. Um, the role area tags and stuff like that are all there. So, um, and also the layout is very simple and you've chosen your text, uh, your font, sorry, so that it's a very accessible font. So if you're hitting that AAA accessibility mark, you're actually doing loads of things and your brand has got really behind the accessibility. Mm. Whereas most brands kind of will fit into that level two AA mark where maybe they choose their brand colors because they like them and then they happen to have the 4.5 contrast right, but they yeah. don't want to go higher because then um it will compromise the brand kind of thing yeah um, i could see yeah like looking you know sort of finger in the air it feels like most people who are doing something about accessibility they're achieving sort of double a and, and maybe plus some stuff that gets them on the way to triple a yeah yeah cool so when it comes to email then so what's uh let's talk about the email client landscape because yeah, uh, I, I know a bit of this. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've worked with a, a few different um, clients and also I've been doing a bit of things, sort of building templates for taxi and things like that and, mm-hmm. and, and demo templates and things. And like, it feels like there's a, a wide range. And I guess it, it starts with Apple doing things fairly well with some pitfalls and then... Mm-hmm some of the other email clients there's some more challenges um so yeah so what's your view on like yeah where the email client landscape's at so at the moment there's there's more support um than you would think which is good um Mm. and then there's just some that um they're doing the best for dark mode for accessibility but maybe not doing the best for dark mode for us as developers so apple mail like you said are kind of the the most support of what we do so you've got if you if you had an email and you in your code you did nothing specific for dark mode so you didn't add any meta tags didn't add any media queries or anything like that then apple if you've got an image in your email um we'll just leave it alone so there's no change at all we don't have to worry about it and um everything looks exactly as you designed it so that's right. a good good for developers maybe not so good for accessibility because if yeah. you wanted it in dark mode it would be a bit more difficult and it um, looks a little jarring right because the the rest of the ui is dark and then you get a basically a yeah. bright a, a bright light white mode. email yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so we want to try and do something about it but apple mail have realized that maybe um maybe not everyone has the ability to do that so yeah. it just shows your email as it is rather than just guessing at what your styles would be um and then the when you do add any meta tags or media queries you then have to specify what styles you want so if you do add anything then apple mail will listen to what you add so that's good um and it will take into account the styles that you've added for text and background colors and things like that and that's just good on apple mail and ios mail and then it kind of okay uh, so on on apple it's it's broadly along the lines of a media query, right? As mm-hmm. far as I can see. So you have these kind of meta tags to say, 
right, I am actually going to be doing something about dark mode. So you kind mm-hmm. of tell it, here's what we're going to support. And then you you can essentially do it a bit like a media query and say, if dark mode's turned on, then then go and change this stuff. Yeah, there's the, there's the at media query, which is prefers color scheme, and then okay. you can choose dark. Um, and then when you do that, you can add your style specifically for the dark mode styles. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, Apple Mail listens to that. And then from there, you've got, got um, outlook.com. Mm. Outlook.com uh, listens to your CSS media query styles if they've if the operating system has chosen dark mode. So if you're working in a dark mode computer and everything's set up for dark mode, as soon as you open Outlook.com in a browser, it will listen to your media queries. Um, okay. So that, that's good. So that's in a browser rather than Outlook app, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. Um, like Outlook.com or Outlook.live.com or something like that. Cool. Um, and then if you chose dark mode only in outlook.com so as a setting on outlook.com mm. it doesn't actually listen to the media query um, <laughs> it it listens to its own um, attribute selectors which is the data ogsc or data ogsb attribute selectors okay. so it will listen to what you say um, but the um, some of the colors are a little bit darker or they they're still using their color algorithm to kind of choose the the better contrast for the background colors but they're closer to what you've chosen um, right. So that's so you've got so for Outlook, you've got two approaches. And so you can, if if the user natively in their platform, they've got on on their laptop or whatever, they've got dark mode turned on, then it will support essentially what we're doing for the iPhone, right? Yep. But if if in Outlook.com, there's a setting that you can say right in within the browser, not even yep. within the browser, within you know within Outlook, um, the yeah, the, the web browser, that. yeah the. Mm-hmm web client, whatever, um, if you turn it on there, then it, you've got to specify it a different way and it seems to start to get more woolly. Yes. Okay. Um, and then that same kind of woolly support with the attribute selectors works on Outlook app on Android. Ah. Um, so you do kind of, Outlook kind of keeps those attribute selectors across some of its platforms. So mm. it's well, that's one way we target it. And then that media query that um, is the prefers color scheme that's supported on more um, and then really the the rest of the email clients, so um, Outlook on Windows, um, Windows 10 Mail, Gmail app on Android or on iOS, yeah. um, all of those, they just invert the, well, they don't invert the colors exactly. They have, an, they have a color algorithm that just changes them. And we currently don't have, as email developers, a way of targeting those to choose what we want. Right. So they... They look at all your colors. They run them through uh, like a color matrix kind of thing that they've set up that makes sure that the colors should have at least um, some some contrast so that you can see them. And then if you have really light colors, it'll make them dark. And then if you have dark colors, maybe it won't change them or maybe it'll just change them a little bit so that the color is more contrasting with the text. Okay, and it's, it's worth remembering from what I can see as well, it does it to images as well, right? If you've got text over a background image, like a pattern or something. It, yeah. So yeah. the um, yeah the clients that we can't kind of target the they some of them most of the time they leave images alone, which mm. is handy. But then if you've got text over an image, maybe they'll swap the text from a dark text to a light text. Yeah. And if your background image is really light, then maybe the text would kind of disappear into that background image. So that's not hugely helpful. Um, and then. Um, Windows 10 Mail has a bit of a, another quirk of its own where if you had a background image and then a color box on top of it with some text on it, 
and mm. um, it will change the box color but it won't change the text color so <laughs> you kind of uh, you would think it would invert both and then it would all work fine but it doesn't do that so yeah the only way we've found for windows 10 mail to kind of use text over a background image over a color is to choose a neutral text color that sits on top of that box as well so that no matter what color the background goes you can still read the text um, right so you need a kind of yeah you need your your color wheel and your contrast checker and stuff so yeah, need, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so like like um seven 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 for like gray or something like that which is a nice neutral color that works yeah. on dark, light and dark that's the kind of the area you want to be looking at for yeah. if you're putting text over a background image so i imagine um, fairly kind of pastel colors as well might be mm -hmm. useful there Okay. Or, if possible, find a background image that works with light and dark text, um, which is it is possible. There are images out there that work with both. It's yeah. just you've got to think about it a little bit more. See, that's um, interesting because it takes it back to design then as well and even branding and things, right? Like Yeah, I'd definitely say um, a lot of the dark mode support, we, we can, as developers and coders, we can control some of the styles. Hmm. But like I said, a lot of the, some of the email clients don't, listen at all like gmail and that's quite a large proportion of people that use gmail app yeah. so then really it needs to go back to design for them to think about how things slot together what different colors we're using um the way the images are set up and used um and that's kind of i will then work from a good design to create a nice email that works across as many places as possible this episode of email talk is sponsored by taxi for email if you're an email marketer, you need Taxi. We help everyone on your team make their best email. Designers and developers build awesome email design systems with Taxi. They build out their best HTML, then they use Taxi syntax to precisely set out how it is then used by content writers, so you can give them the flexibility they need whilst keeping everything on brand and keeping your code intact. Copywriters in Taxi focus on content and not code. They write directly into the email, so they're creating everything in context. That means you can create better content that engages people more and ultimately gets you better results. If you're a marketer, you can dig into things like segmentation, personalization, managing link tracking, making multiple versions of things, and most importantly, you can see what everyone on the team is doing and help them along their way. And once you're done, you can sync Taxi with whatever platform you use to send email. If that sounds good, we'd love to show you more. Go to taxiforemail.com and hit request a demo so we can chat about how Taxi can help your team create their best email. That's uh, that's super interesting because it reminds me of the time when we were switching to mobile in whenever, you know, sort of 2012-ish, I suppose, that first happened at, at Pace. And, um, you know, at the time, brands and marketers were saying, basically, can you take what we're doing and just make it work on mobile? Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, we've all come to realize that you have to think about mobile from the outset. And, you know, that's why we have things like mobile first, even all the way back to your strategy. And it, it feels like dark mode is going to get to that point as well. We're probably not there yet, but it feels like um, it's the kind of thing that should end up in the brand guidelines or in at least being considered by designers. Yeah. And at Action Rocket, we've actually spent the last kind of month pretty much working on that kind of thing internally and with clients that we've started to work with to say um that 
maybe we're going to start designing things slightly different because dark mode doesn't support it as well. So background image, for example, with if we use background images with a client a lot, then maybe we've moved away from it and started to do things slightly differently. Um, <clears throat> or yeah, when when we create those email design systems, we look at everything and how it all goes together and the different colors and even going as far as testing the brand colors across all of the email clients so that you get what your what your main brand colors will look like in gmail when it just inverts it and then the brand can say oh actually we really don't like the way that color goes maybe we'll change it slightly mm. um so yeah kind of from the start um and then the process as well from getting from a design that the designers put together to developing it how we slice out images so slicing out any images as pngs gives us the the background color behind it can be changed with css and html and then if a email client does change it the background color of the image does change whereas if we just included like a white background around a social media icon then if everything else around it swapped you'd have a white box with an icon in it just sitting in the middle of nowhere and so we've kind of thought of ways that we can make dark mode um, fit in with what we're designing um, and even with PNGs or um, sorry with icons or really like dark lion logos um, thin lines stuff like that that maybe would get lost on a dark background we've either decided that we'll add uh, like a blur around it or added a stroke around it so that if a client an email client does just change the background color to a dark color those little little bits of icons and stuff don't just get lost especially with a brand icon if your if your main logo is dark um, and really th really skinny like handwritten words um or lots of lines that are quite mm. th quite thin if it just swaps onto a ba dark background would it just get lost and if it does just get lost obviously that's quite a major part of a of your branding that's no one no one is seeing on dark mode so yeah yeah we, we're kind of starting to take into account how those work so that feels a little like the um, when we when we do mobile templates and we think like which of these images are we going to make work in Retina and it tends to be like we'll try and we'll deal with the logo and the social media icons and things because they're going to be there a lot but they're they're easy wins. It feels like it's that there's that's almost your marker for what is it that we need to be making sure works in dark mode in, in the template right the kind of stuff that, yeah. that is is set once and then you tend to forget it so. Yeah, yeah maybe, that's stuff that's yeah. always there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a bit of a maybe an immediate step for people is a bit of a, a review on, yeah, how, how, how did your logo look and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, and the, the easiest way to do that, um, which uh, since I've been writing articles about dark mode and stuff, is you can sign up for a free Outlook account, just mm. a, a Hotmail or whatever account. Go onto Outlook.com and just choose the dark mode setting on the browser and then just send one of your emails to that address. Um, and then you can just see straight away what your emails look like on a dark mode without having to pay for anything or change anything or do anything. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a starting point where you can go, right, these bits that are really important to our brand, like a logo, they just don't look right. So we need to find a solution. Um, and by looking in Outlook.com or using Windows 10 Mail where the support is possibly worse, mm. then you'll get the worst experience for your <laughs> email. And then you can kind of make sure it looks good in the worst experience um and that, yeah. yeah i think that's a good thing for everyone to do as a brand that sounds that's a bit of a mantra for working in email as well find the worst experience and, <laughs> yeah yeah um no that, that's really good advice i think yeah those are the places even if it's not 
you know where your audience is necessarily that that's where you that's the the sort of ground zero for sorting sorting some mm-hmm. of this stuff out right yeah. um it's interesting you mentioned um that some people have have it turned on all the time so at the moment i do but part of that is because i've been trying to work it out and get my head around it um but also i find a lot of these things if you're going to try and have opinions on it and and try and you know answer to it and provide solutions for it you have to live it yourself right so i've i've got it turned on on my my laptop and on my phone and things yeah. um what do you think or i know there's some challenges around this maybe we can, <laughs> we can talk about those as well um how much of the average audience do you think this actually affects well um yeah i mean finding it with tracking and stuff is quite difficult at the moment mm. um but the way that um like if people have found out it's by talking to their subscribers or figuring out a way to track it a little bit. Um, And it's ranged from, we did a test on email weekly and we had between kind of two and 3% of our audience is using dark mode um, from the test that we did. Um, And then I've heard as high as 20% from some other um, email marketers in the email gig Slack group that have said, we've spoke to our audience and about 20% of our audience say they're using dark mode. Right. Um, Yeah. So it could be quite a large proportion of your audience. One yeah. of the, like you said, the challenge is that um, the only way we can really find out if someone is using it is by using a tracking pixel of some kind and using um, the the supported media query or the data attributes that Outlook uses mm. and then using those to fire a tracking pixel with a background image. So we can only track if you're using dark mode, maybe, on Apple Mail, iOS Mail, or Outlook.com. Right. So if your audience is mainly Gmail, then we, even if we wanted to, we couldn't figure out how many of them were using dark mode or Windows 10 Mail. Um, so, and as the email client market share shows, Gmail is quite a large amount of the market share. <laughs> um, and also Windows 10 is quite a large market share because it became, because it was free for so long. A lot of a lot of people, if you buy a Windows laptop, it just has Windows 10 mail on it. So those are two quite large audiences that could be using dark mode that we can't um, we can't actually track or test unless you ask your audience. Yeah. So we've only really inferred that well, we know that for email weekly anyway, that between two and 3% of our audience open it on dark mode using Apple mail and outlook.com. So if we took that same measurement and said two to 3% of users of outlook email addresses and Gmail addresses, then that could bump it up to kind of five to 10% of our audience might be looking at it on dark mode. Um, and then if you take other factors into account, like um, some Android phones come with dark mode on default now, Okay. So then if you're if anyone's bought an Android in the last kind of year or so and it's come with Gmail app because that's standard now and it's been defaulted to dark mode as standard and they don't know that that's different, um, then it could be quite a large percentage of an audience. So that's interesting. I imagine it, it can vary quite a lot as well, especially because um, you, you can turn it on and off or you can have it on at certain times of the day and things like that as well. So it might even just be down to things like sending time. If you happen to send during the day, people might have more uh, more light mode turned on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mac, the Mac operating system has um, an auto setting, mm. um, which is the one that I use. Um, and pretty much all day long, it's on light. And then about five, six o'clock in the evening, it switches to dark mode. <laughs> so it um, so then when I'm sitting there in the dark in the office still working, I've got dark mode. But yeah. Um, yeah, if I open an email then, like you said, it'll be different to if I opened the email earlier in the day or 
if I open my email on my desktop and it's light, but then I open it on my phone and it's dark mode. So there's all kind of, yeah, there's loads <laughs> of people that could be looking at it in dark mode and light mode. So yeah, it's difficult. That's, I had a friend once at uni and he, um, he, his, his glasses broke. So he only had his prescription sunglasses. Um, <laughs> what that meant is he had to be home. It was like in the middle of winter. He had to be home by like five o'clock because he couldn't see afterwards. <laughs> um, it feels a little like that. Like you, you're kind of having to work in the evening because uh, that's when you can test in dark mode to code emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah um, so the other thing I found is, so I did a, a test with a, a customer and they, they have quite a niche audience. Like it's sort of CEOs and it's, it's business, um, you know, probably B2B more than B2C perhaps, although at the end of the day, people are people. Um, but it was, it's sort of executive management, CEO type people that are in their audience, quite a small audience, but um, sort of uh, focused in, I, I suppose, on that, on that niche. And mm-hmm. they found with the um i think really we just managed to test on outlet on on ios like we were testing by switching images around with uh media queries so really mm-hmm. that's that's iphone right yeah um and we found it's about 10 percent, 10 to 15 were on dark mode so we, we sent a tracking gift to everyone and then we sent a tracking gift just to people that we turned on basically with the with the media query yeah um so we, we got a hundred percent we found out what 100 percent was and then we found out you know, the, yeah, yeah, what, that's what the same the, way we did it with email yeah. weekly. Yeah, 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 and yeah. So that that's around ten to fifteen, which was interesting. Um, it feels like there's there's probably a, a big variance within the list as well, especially the wider your list is. If you're, you know, whatever. I had I was speaking to someone once, and they worked in car insurance, and they found out that even their they had a huge amount of variance within their list, right? Because car insurance basically is anyone between 18 and whatever, 80. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah, like it's definitely going to be based on list um, yeah. and possibly segmentation of your list as well. Um, and also who your audience are just in general. Um, mm. Like it seems to be people that are in uh, tech are more likely to have dark mode switched on. And um, so if you're, maybe a, a tech investor or your business is kind of tech, more people might be using dark mode that way. Yeah. Um, or a younger audience, maybe the younger audience is not using dark mode more. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely the, the only way to find out as normal is either to ask your subscribers um, mm. or to try out some way of tracking. Um, like we said, like set up the, the GIFs or the tracking pixels or the background images, whichever way you want to try and do it. And then get an idea of how many may be using dark mode. Um, and I think the Litmus hinted towards it last week in a blog that they might be doing something with their tracking pixels. Mm. And then I'm sure other any other ESPs, anyone that's got a tracking pixel, as soon as more people start asking to find out the client breakdown of dark mode or not dark mode, the more data we'll get and then the more information we can figure out from it um and yeah action rocket we're offering the same thing to our clients like if you get in contact with us and you want to know how big your audience is on dark mode then we can try and support you to set up something to figure it out whether that's just asking them or like i said with a tracking pixel or something yeah Um, and it's yeah so it's the same with everything like even if you were looking at interactive email you would test to see how many people use the devices that would support your interactive emails 
Um, so do the same with dark mode and make a decision then as to whether it's a big thing or not and that kind of thing. I think that's key, right? Because we we see this a lot. You see it a little in things like the take up of AMP. Like So AMP for email, no one wants to be first, I think is the challenge, right? So we get a lot of people say, hey, we're interested in AMP. And then you kind of have a conversation. They're like, oh, but we're just interested. We don't actually want to do it. Like, And I think that's the that's where we're at a little with dark mode like people are trying to gauge how much do they have to do is it a big issue or not and and how do they what how do they need to proceed so i suppose understanding more about what the audience is using is going to be key here yeah and then also like to test it like mm. i said in outlook.com and just send it to your chief marketing officer whoever and yeah. say look this is what it looks like in dark mode yeah and should we start doing something about it and then that maybe give you the vehicle to contact someone <laughs> to find out how much of your audience is on dark mode. Um, and brands that are really heavily into the way their the way their brand looks everywhere may be more interested in sorting out their emails in dark mode. Yeah, that's oh yeah, like that. Um, the, the example I mentioned as well. It, within that fifteen percent is the head of the entire company. So yeah, yeah, of course that's why it's on the agenda as well. Um, yeah. yeah, we had one. Um, we uh, got a template to build and we built it all and it looked great. And then the client, we asked them to begin with, like, are you worried about dark mode? And we basically said, well, we're not going to do anything specific, but we make sure it doesn't look bad. And mm. um, and then the test email got sent to the CEO and the CEO uses dark mode. And straight away <laughs> they said, this doesn't look how I want it to look. So then we kind of had to go back and make it better supported. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it w- the decision makers as well will be the, the people, if they're using dark mode, then, yeah, they'll probably be on your case. Yeah, that's... Uh... See, on one side, as, as you know, the company that, that provides these answers, that, that is a big challenge. But also, as a decision maker, I enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come back and say, change everything. Um, <clears throat> cool. So we talked a little about, I guess, you know, that there are options. So let's talk about what they actually are. So if you're a marketer and you're saying, you know, we need to do something about dark mode, what, what are the options on the table here at the moment? Um, the first thing to do is um, do that test on a, any client mm. and then just using design, use design to support dark mode. So uh, add a stroke around your dark logos, do that kind of thing. And that should be, um, and like you said, if it's a module or image that you use a lot and it's in your template, then spend some time setting them up so that they look good across the, the dark mode spectrum of client support and then progressively enhance it from there. So if I was an email marketer and I just started somewhere and uh, someone handed me a template and said, make it work, then I would just run it through Windows 10 or Outlook.com, find the bits that don't look great, and just update the images. So don't touch any of the code. Don't worry about tracking. Don't worry about the percentage of the audience. Just update your icons with a stroke around the edge or add a background color to the image so that it stands out on all the backgrounds. And then you're, you're then supported a, a basic support across dark mode. Everything yeah. still works. Everyone can still read everything. Everyone can still click on everything and your emails still work. So that gets you to kind of, it, it's not broken, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then maybe you'll see an uptick in click throughs or whatever. And then that, that kind of proves that you've done something that helps. Um, and then the next thing is to, really talk to your if there's a design 
brand guidelines design system already set up for your website or other parts of your business maybe talk to them about how can we incorporate that into your email design and then look at adding like partial support so don't redesign every single email so that it looks great in dark mode but maybe add the one thing that we um have done for a couple of brands is kind of set up a default dark mode rendering so all of the text would go to white you have the whole background as a, a suitable dark gray color or a black uh, kind of color mm. and then you have a couple of accent colors for your ctas or things that you want to pull out and then all of your images as pngs try and move away from using text over background images because then you don't have to worry about it um, and then just add this kind of blanket dark mode rendering so that it looks good fits in with your brand and works across as many email clients as you can um, that's kind of the next step up and yeah. then the i wouldn't suggest anyone does this for a template because it would be quite a large step but would be to add a uh, a specific class or a specific id to every single element so that you can control every element with the media query support or the data attribute selectors for or for the more email clients and then you could do a completely bespoke email for light mode or default mode and dark mode um but yeah, i think if you did that for every single transactional email and every single template that would be a really big undertaking um and a lot of extra code in your template which like i said it still wouldn't be supported on gmail or windows 10 which could be two of your highest client shares um and with gmail having that 100 kilobyte limit if you start adding more and more CSS at the top of your email to try and control dark mode on other clients, and then you end up cutting off the bottom of your email on Gmail, you're mm. kind of, um, yeah, cutting your foot off to and spite also, your leg or something, whatever, yeah. one leg, whatever that one, whatever yeah. that saying is. In, in, in Gmail as well, you've got that CSS limit as well, right? Is it 16, exactly, yeah. 16K of CSS or something? Uh, yeah, something top. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, so we've talked a bit on this podcast about email design systems and things like that. So I guess if you do have an email design system in place, that is how you could do that more efficiently, right? Because you could take that and say, right, now let's take this and, and make make it work in dark mode. And then at least you're not doing it on a kind of per campaign level. You're at least doing it across the board for all the emails you make. Yeah, yeah. Start with the template and mm. then, yeah, like like with everything, kind of get that template set up, make sure it works everywhere, keep doing those regular template health checks Dark mode would probably come into a lot of people's health checks the later half of this year where you're kind of seeing how it looks. Right, yeah. And then when you want to really experiment with dark mode, take a look at your solace campaigns or your weekly newsletter or something and try and experiment or test the different code with that. And then you can go back and incorporate it again into your email design system if you want to. Yeah. So it feels as well from a sort of process and, and design perspective so this absolutely you know immediate takeaways you can go away see what it looks like what you're doing now and, and see if there's any immediate tweaks you can make to at least yeah like we said sort of not broken right mm-hmm. um now where we're at with mobile and i kind of I, I keep drawing this comparison but i think it's because mobile was the last big change that we had to deal with right mm-hmm. um now we're at a place where people code mobile first and it feels like we're quite a long way at this point for being dark mode first. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, definitely um, works on dark mode. Yeah, mm. that that kind of, like you said, not broken. Yeah. Um, I think that's where a lot of people want to be at the moment and where a lot of people should be aiming for. Um, and then 
as before when mobile came about and people found like the th method or the the like uh, responsive method or whatever you call all the different types of ways that you could all of a sudden make your email change on email on mobile mm. more more and more techniques are being found all the time to help your email be supported in dark mode um so maybe spend the time at the moment just getting it legible getting it working um and then move on to adding extra bits that's good yeah because i mean also you know like with with mobile what we do now is is vastly different to what we did five ten years ago so an email is something we send every week so we i think that's that's quite reassuring that yeah. you don't have to rip everything up and go oh no dark mode's a thing we've got to completely start again you know we, we can make these incremental steps and that's that's perfectly fine so i think that's that's a good place for us as, as marketers yeah and um yeah one of the things we're going to do at action rocket with email weekly is do these incremental steps and try and like share what we found out mm. on the way and um, so yeah like that one of the main things is action rockets logo is a black rocket um and as soon as that goes on a dark black background it like really blends in with the background so we're going to have to change that so we've got to figure out what we're going to do design wise what we're going to do code wise um, and we're going to share that and we're going to try and do that with all the elements of the email and i think a lot of other brands are doing that and sharing how they're working through stuff as well so the more people are making their emails look better and start with their email design system the more stuff that's going to come out to help everyone so yeah i think it's really really it's going to evolve and like you said it, it even though dark mode's been around for kind of 12 to 18 months the main focus of people changing it kind of from the the second half of this year has really been when email developers have started to try and figure it all out hmm. so yeah it's it's only going to get better from here, hopefully. Um, yes. <laughs> and yeah, and then there's people like um, like Remy and Mark Robbins that are working on it and finding things out. And Remy heard that uh, Gmail app hopefully is going to start supporting a media query or something similar. So maybe oh, really? uh, yeah, adding these things now might mean that more support comes down the line. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, as the email, we're everyone in the email developer community is kind of telling email clients we want to try and make um, it, the dark mode good and we want to help in, want to work with email clients to help us style our emails in dark mode and I think email clients are listening and hopefully will add support to let us do some coding to change our emails in dark mode so fingers crossed um, mm. it will get better <laughs> yeah that a, a support change in Gmail would be very useful right like if you if, again look at mobile but you know but before Gmail supported responsive, we had to do all sorts of quite complex codes. You know, like we, we had to do the hybrid approach, really, if you mm -hmm. wanted to get decent support in Gmail. And now, well, whenever it was, you know, a, year, a couple of years ago, probably now, when they brought in that support, it made everything so much easier. So it'd be nice if... Yeah, it'd be if, nice if they yeah, did. <laughs> and it'd be nice if it didn't take five years or whatever, whatever yeah. it took for mobile. Um, cool. So you mentioned uh, Mark and Remy. I think there's a couple of other people as well on uh, on the Email Geeks Slack. Um, so that's a good resource if you're interested um, to to find out more as well on that kind of stuff, right? Especially it's, yeah. because it's a kind of moving thing. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it's a, it's good in 
what is this sort of October 2020, what we've talked about today, may well completely change in November. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then there's there's loads of articles out there already. Um Alice Lee did a really good one on litmus. Mm. Um email and acid have got a couple of blog posts about dark mode support. Um I did one on campaign monitor. We've got some on email design review, the action rocket log. Um mm. and uh yeah so there's loads of resources out there already and there's more and more coming out all the time. So um and as people are finding stuff out there's more coming out. And yeah. Yeah, so signing up to all of those emails that give you what the latest blog posts in the email world um, or the Email Geek Slack group will probably, hopefully, someone will find a little nugget of information that will make it so much easier for everyone. And then, yeah, that'll be really good. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, Email Weekly is a, a quick plug. So emailweekly.co. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're going to be changing some stuff over the next um Probably what a couple couple months or week or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, working on all of the bits from logo to text to mm. yeah anything. So yeah. So that's good. Be nice. We've, we've changed it in the past and sort of redesigned it in public, and I think it's quite a nice exercise to to help people. So that's mm-hmm. good. Um, cool. So that's that's really interesting. It's it's a. Uh, it's, it makes email design fun again. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like yeah. we plateaued a little bit after we'd kind of all switched to mobile and now we're in a space where there's some challenges to work out. So I guess to, to finish up then, so if you could change one thing about email and how it works, what uh, what would you change? Oh, just I, I mean, I love all the quirks of email clients um, and knowing all the ins and outs of all the little bits, but I, if it could just have cross-client CSS and HTML support, um, <laughs> that would make a lot of our lives a lot easier just for developing emails. Um, so, yeah, that would be the one thing that I would change. <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, it would. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, this, this discussion comes up a lot. For my money, like... As much as it's a kind of protectionist, like, a, oh, well, if you want good email code, you've got to go and speak to these people. Like, that's not that's not the be-all and end-all. You know, right. I'd, I'd be pretty keen for there to be much better support, and then we can get on with actually doing stuff that engages people. Like, I'd, I'd rather our industry be known for that, like, that, that we're specialists in in communicating and getting great value out of your audience and and delivering great value for your audience rather than hacking stuff yeah i mean there, there's whole agencies and careers built around making really good landing pages yeah and that's just one part of the whole web ecosystem and they have cross-client support for css and html and javascript and whatever else and then you still have specialists in landing page yeah making. exactly and um, so there's no reason why email can't be the same um, and it would just be that yeah, the the reason that we would be known for doing email well is because of the designs and the things that we bring into it, not because yeah we know how to make it look good now. Look, yeah. mm. although we do, so <laughs> yes, yes, speak to do. us. <laughs> cool. Um, so let's uh, let's finish up then. So, um, let's talk about your three things. So where's my my notes? Um, so I work part time as a canoeing guide, or uh, you can juggle with fire juggling clubs. Or you've been coding emails for five years. So which ones is the lie? Um, so I know I know you're you, you work as a canoeing guide because we had a a team um, team outing. Was it That's last right, year? Yeah. A couple of years ago, mm-hmm. we all yeah, went yeah, canoeing, summer, which yeah. was great fun. We went <laughs> well, canoeing around East London. So there's 
we were sort of dodging shopping trolleys and, yep. <laughs> and stuff, but it was cool. Um, yeah, in the, in the canal in Hackney. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the fire juggling. I've, I've never never come into the studio and seen you juggling fire, so I'm going to go with that. No, no, it's actually the coding. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I started coding, like, a couple of months before I started at Action Rocket. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so it's only been, it's not even three years yet. So, wow. um, yeah, been... Yeah, no, I can juggle fire juggling clubs, yeah. I just haven't done it in the office because of the smoke alarms and stuff. You know? Yeah, health and safety and the <laughs> <Yeah>. ISO. <laughs> cool. Well, that's I, I like that because, you know, so in those three years you've done, did like a talk at Litmus last year, mm-hmm. um, written a whole bunch of blog posts and kind of put yourself out there. So I think that's a good, uh, a nice little story for people who are listening and maybe starting out in email as well. You don't have to be, like, I've been doing this for you know, a long time, 15 years or something. You don't have to sit around and, and work for bloody years before you, you, you know, get no, to put I mean, yourself at, out there. At its essence, email is still, it's it's CSS and HTML, um, which mm. are not super difficult to learn compared to some other programming languages. Um, and because HTML has been around for so long, obviously there's so many resources out there to learn HTML and CSS. So, yeah, yeah that, that helps. But then also... Um, I I obviously got thrown in the deep end because I worked at Action Rocket as an agency, so yeah, that helps true. that I've been given a whole range of things to work on, from like template design and make it work with Taxi to exposure to all of the different ESPs and trying to figure out how to make them all work with the code or what they do to my code and things like that, um, as well as yeah, getting the opportunity to work with um the team there that have been doing it for years and years and years so uh the mentoring from like like yourself Elliot and then India and all of the people and uh, Mike as well and then Mark and the whole community is really mm. really good at helping anyone that needs help so yeah, yeah if you do want to get into it it's yeah it's not a ma- it like there is a learning curve but it's not going to take you years and years and years you can get going pretty quick yeah and I, I like the thing about you know you uh it's kind of got progressive enhancement built in, right? Because you send so much of it, you mm-hmm. don't have to. You don't have to be doing perfect straight away because you can just week by week add in new things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. When I, well, like I said, when I went for my interview, um, I just about did a responsive table layout, <laughs> um, and then yeah, pretty quickly after that, within like a month, I was probably doing a whole design system with the templating language from uh, Taxi, mm. and obviously the the layout of the email wasn't super difficult and then just in implanting the taxi syntax which also isn't once you get your head around it it's easy to kind of implement and mm. um, and then from there that design system can then grow and you can add more effects and more interactive or progressive enhancements as well so yeah you can definitely learn at, even if you're in a one company working working on one template that template can continually change and be updated and be progressively enhanced and then dark mode comes along and you've got to learn a whole new thing yes. so yeah so you can constantly be doing stuff so yeah it's good yeah no, that's cool and it means you can be more reactive to the audience as well you can look at your results and see what to change and where to go and things um cool so what's um where, where can people find out more about you uh, so I'm uh, at emailj on Twitter and Instagram, um, and I'm in the email geek Slack group. And then I work at Action Rocket, and anyone can email me just j at actionrocket.co. So yeah, any <laughs> of that. Just open the floodgates me. now. 
yeah, yeah, just let me know what you want, and I'll, uh, yeah, I can try and help out. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm on email geeks every day, pretty much. So the Slack group. So yeah, j- jump in there, ask as many questions as possible, and as well as me, there's loads of other people that will help as well. Awesome. So cheers, Jay. Thanks for joining us. It's been really, really useful and, and really interesting. And yeah, we'll see you on the on the Slack group. Yeah, yeah. Chat to you all soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Jay for joining us. We've got lots more to come on Email Talk. You can find us on your favourite podcast player and also at emailtalk.co. There's two things you can do to help us. If you can, we'd love you to leave a review or rating on iTunes. And also, please share this podcast with other people that you know who work in email. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.